0: Listen to Adam Air, MD, GED, Underground Cartoon Therapy. It's a different kind of love. I mean, there's all kinds of love. There's love of books, what you call bibliophilia. There's love of mother, what you call matricide. There's love of dogs, which you call love of dogs. There's, I guess, loving somebody from the neck down, what you call necrophilia. Then there's sadism and masochism and sadomasochism and massosadicism and then there's a whole lot of six stuff. Whoa <laughs> What's up guys? Did you know this guy from Gang Green? Fucking married the chick from uh that rogue voice voices carry, that's why he covered it. Pretty tight, man. I love gangrene. <laughs> I'm eating monster mash cereal. Shit's fucking awesome. The 50th anniversary of fucking monster cereals is what this fucking episode's brought to you by. Oh, by the way. The guy from Gang Green, Chris Doherty or whatever his fucking name is. He uh He married Amy Mann. And then uh they put out this super rare 7 inch called Voices Scary. Don't know if you ever heard that. Pretty brilliant, man. I used to have a copy. It's on orange wax. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to talk about voices tonight. And uh, if you're dealing with mental illness, chances are you've heard a few voices. Mm. I've never had to really deal with the voices. But I guess it just depends, it could be arguable. Because I believe in God. You could be like, well, he's just fucking crazy, right? (laughs) I don't give a fuck what you think. I don't attribute what I'm going through as being mental illness on that end. I got a friend that's going to join us tonight, Dr. Acula. Motherfucker's going to talk about some voices. You're going to hear the most incredible fucking story. I think I've had up to date. This guy has a lot to say. We do review the uh, MTV episode, uh, Catfish by Catfish, that got yanked. So you can hear more about that. And by the time I get done talking about that, about 12 minutes in, motherfucker takes over. You're going to hear it. It's (laughs) fucking incredible. <laughs> it's all about voices tonight, guys. You don't have to feel bad about it. But you might find your show interesting. We do not judge here on Underground Cartoon Therapy. Unless you're a fucking dick, then you can go fuck off. Alright, hold on a fucking second. <laughs> we'll be right back, guys.
1: Uh, I'm Bernie McCracken. When I found out little Billy here was growing up without a daddy, I had to do something. When Big Ern saw our picture in the paper, he called the Unified Fund and got involved. I had to. I couldn't help myself. But little Billy's not the only one. There's also a little Jason here. Once again this year, I'll be sponsoring a fatherless family in every city I bowl in. Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, Mr. McCracken's already there. <laughs> Jonathan, we're fly pattern all the way to the goal line. Tennessee. Kentucky. Bono Beach. Go deeper, Jonathan. It's a tough world. These kids nearly got munched, but they're back now. Through the Unified Fund, I found out that if you give a little, you can get back a whole lot more.
0: We now return. All right, we had our guest on and I fucking hung up on his ass. (laughs) He's either going to call me back or I'm going to call him. I'm going to beat him back to the punch. Here we go. All right. <clears throat> Cause this is how I treat my guests.
1: <laughs> Hello?
0: Hey, sorry about that, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if you were trying to uh, – we were doing phone, not video, right?
0: No, we're doing phone. I pre-record it, and it's just on my crackhead Android phone. That's it. Oh, that's, a, that's awesome, bro. Yeah, it's all there, man. I got my little seven dollar pair of fucking skull candy <laughs> earbuds. Yeah, it's what I'm using now and I work it. I best I, I pretty much have been using it since I started the fucking thing like in March, you know, of uh, twenty twenty. It was the first month in on the virus.
1: How many shows have you done?
0: Uh this your episode one twenty eight. That's so awesome, dude. I think one twenty eight, one twenty nine, somewhere around there, something like That's
1: that. Still so fucking awesome.
0: Technically, I've done about one hundred and forty, uh, about one hundred and fifty or whatever, but I yanked like twenty of them. Shit. Man. And I was like, uh, "No, nah. I'll release them sometime in season fifteen or <laughs> <laughs> some bullshit," you know. That's an OG fucking original episode. <laughs> I got some episodes coming up, man. That are. Pretty great. I've been lagging on the stories because uh, I wanted to save uh, time and put more people on. And I think more people needed to talk right now. And uh, so I just went ahead and just, hey, you got a show? Because I believe in God. And so God helps me do this podcast. It was his idea. I was like, well, you know, he's like, hey, get everybody on. They're all stars. He's like, it's an untapped fucking gold mine, dude. And he talks to me like Jack Black. He's like, dude, think about it, man. They're fucking crazy. No.
1: This, this is you're tripping me out. So just that part of this story is like the is just a trip because um, I mean, I, we're sitting here and having this conversation because of that voice, you know what I mean? Cuz that's yeah. why why I'm sitting here. And I was never a believer in God um until something started talking to me. I don't even even I don't know what to call it I mean, because it it's weird because the thing told me that to give it a name or a face is blasphemous in itself. So I I call it God, but I I don't know what it really is, you know what I mean? I've also I've considered as well that it's fucking government mind control to turn me into a pacifist because I am a pacifist but I've always been a pacifist but it's a trip that's a, I'm, I'm, I didn't want to say any god shit cuz I didn't know if it would offend you but uh No, I said it. I said it for you man
0: because I got the balls to do it and uh, and I do believe in and to be, the reality is I'm not religious, man. Me either. I I'm spiritual, but I yeah. think it's immature by the time we hit a level of adulthood to uh to, to, like, nix out the idea altogether that there is no God and to only that's, go by
1: science because I'm, there's just so, too much sure. shit that we can't explain. Well, we can both vouch for anybody that's not I, – I, you, couldn't, you couldn't pay me to tell you there isn't something. Right, You know, there's, there's not a price for you. You can't buy that from me. You know what I mean? Like uh, you could say, I'll give you $10 million to right now tonight. <laughs> I would say I can't because if I do that, that's all I'll ever get. Yeah. You no. Know? Well, Well, you know, I grew up
0: in the amoebics, you know, no gods, no masters, man. I was pretty strict about that shit too. Like a lot of uh, crust, you know, punk, yeah, metalhead yeah. motherfuckers, you know that. And you can see why because the church is full of shit. Of course. And, you know, so it's like, dude, of course you're going to be like, <laughs> fuck God. But that that's the trick is that that was what the plan was to get good people that knew the church was full of shit
1: to We're just to just to de- game, denounce it dude. all
0: the all together. I,
1: I tell people that all, all the time. I say the church is the place to show you where God is not. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's is. a good way to fucking put it. And it, you'll go in there and you'll look at all this hypocrite. Hypocrisy, and you'll go. I, I can't find what they're trying to offer here. Yeah, and you got to go out and dig for it for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a trip too, because you know it's and like I'm not religious, but I've read as many of the books that I can, <laughs> and it's it's funny that these folks that claim like Christianity don't adhere to anything that their teacher taught them. So it's and I'm I'm not a Christian either. If, if I I I yeah. play with Hinduism probably more than anything, but uh not in any way where i'm a devoted thing i just love the imagery and i don't i don't define what it is i I, kind of people say well where do you think god what is god i said i can't tell you what it is but i cannot tell you what it's not you know because i i know it's everything you
0: know i love that yeah it's a great you know solid stance you know to because you know there are you're not going to prove to somebody and if they don't want to hear it, man, they're not gonna fucking listen. You know, you're not Kirk Hammett from fucking Growing Things. Now here's here's a banana, and this is why God exists. It's like I don't know if everybody remembers that one, <laughs> but fucking uh, <laughs> dude, you're not gonna you're not gonna prove it to anybody. It's it has to be already within them, man. And yeah, and, and you it's know natural. it's a, well, they're you know at at the point in which you do decide. To go with the creator, you do give up free will. Yep. And that's that's the thing is if you can't even get people to believe in free will or ain't, They're gonna troll you on everything, dude. There's nothing you're gonna say that motherfucker ain't gonna <laughs> troll you on, dude. Yeah. I and know. I'm a troller too. And if I if I if I see some Nazi ass shit, like you know, oh, and to me Nazi ass shit, I might be speaking like low IQ. By saying that, <laughs> that's what I've been considered yeah. to be saying. But I just kind of wrap it up in a nutshell, man. It's, it's like, dude, don't come at me with this fucking Nazi shit. It's, that's what it is. It's just a remake of the Roman Empire. I had to call some chick Caligula today. <laughs> I had to because she was like, it's, it's not spelled wine. I was trying to say wine like you're whining, but I spelled it W-I-N-E. And you got the classic grammar Nazi. From the gra- the grammar Nazi fucking division, you know Panzer, you know, <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> and it's spelled wine. And I was like, whatever, Caligula, we fucked up. Let <laughs> you take it. Oh, there's nothing to. I just block these guys after I say what I want. You know, it's a, <laughs> you're not going to engage in some intellectual lengthy conversation about fucking anything that's worth a shit with these guys. They're just they're holding a stance on based on some thing that they yeah. are getting directly from Disney
1: media. That's basically what it is. Yeah. I've been burning myself out fucking uh, recently trolling. It's mostly just fucking close ass people to me that are really fucking saying some wild shit. And I'm just like, yeah, I wanted to hear about what some of some of the shit you were hearing. Well, it's all just the same fucking Republican fucking abortion shit and uh, just the whole nine yards, vaccines and all of the, every, everything, you know, they're, they it's, and I don't really get mad at them because most people are working so hard that it's hard for them to actually do any type of real research or critical thinking. They just trust whoever's pumping them their information and Mm -hmm. just dump it out. And so I don't really get mad at them because uh, I'm blessed to, you know, if you've been a street kid or a, a traveling kid, you've had a lot of time to really contemplate this system. And, uh, those folks didn't really get blessed with that. They jumped out of school, jumped into work and just trusted the government and everybody talking to them and the TV and all that shit. So I don't, I, I feel more bad for them than I'm mad at them. And I, I try to get through to them, but like you just said, these motherfuckers are standing on their stance and. Uh, I even said to my—he's like—he's this guy's like a second father to me, adopted me. I told him that I said Trump could kick your door and rape your daughter, spit in your face, and kill your dog, and you'd still say he was a great president. And he didn't defend any of that. He just defended Trump. <laughs> it, it was weird to me, and, I, and I'm not—it's weird, man. <laughs> and I'm not against any. I'm not against or for them. I just know they don't work for us anymore. There's nobody that's going to get on that stage that has our our best interest in mind. And if the, um, I don't know. I don't trust the fucking government, man. Nope,
0: I don't either, man. And uh, you know, yeah. I'm not anti-vaccine. I've had, va- I've been vaccinated. You know, I even got vax. I think I got like the the TV one, like the last time I was like 17 or some bullshit. You know. Yeah, all those early ones we had to get to go to school. Uh, Well, that, well, I mean, like in 2017, even, I was vaccinated. You know, before, uh, I had a tuberculosis vaccine because it was like a scare. So I had to get vaccinated for it, you know. But I know, you know, I was all right. And, uh, but I still had to take it. And I didn't have any kind of reserve or question about it. You know, because I was just like, hey, it's just what you do. And I can totally tell how people are just feeling that way about this. But it, they feels, had, they it feels had, different. it's to, it's totally different, dude. Feels different. It's totally, man, it just, it, I've never it reeks. It reeks of conspiracy. Okay. <laughs> it reeks of fucking uh, NWO. It, yeah. it reeks of fucking like, hey, we to get we're, Bill Gates. You think that motherfucker gives a fuck about you, dude? Like, please, you you are not sitting down with the with the Leviathan
1: and having dinner with it. It's not gonna happen. You know. I was just watching an interview from him. I think it was 2018, and he he was t- it was a. Financial interview of him telling giving it financial advice on where to invest your money, and he was talking about investing in vaccines. He goes, He goes, if you want to see real returns, start investing in vaccines. (laughs) And this is 2018, yeah, because
0: it's his stock. Yeah,
1: it's funny, (laughs) it's funny. Right when this happened, I told my wife, I said. You know, I'm going to feel real dumb for not doing this. But I, I said, uh, this company, Moderna, I think I should buy their stock right now. I should take all of our money and buy their stock because I feel like this is a giant fucking inside trading setup manipulation deal. And I said, whatever uh, uh, vaccine company makes this vaccine, their stock's going to jump. And I didn't do it. So I checked Moderna stock uh, the other day, and then I compared it to what it was when I wanted to buy it. It was 20 bucks in March, 2020 twenty bucks a share, it's four hundred and fucking sixty dollars a share now. Huh. So anybody that had, was that was in the know before they this virus was released and they probably sat in the room and they said, All right everybody, put a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars into fucking Moderna, you know? And it's through the roof. Uh, that shit's through the roof. That's like a huge fucking gain for a stock in a year.
0: And that's that's the thing I've noticed with talking to people, they all have that are apprehensive and about it you know they all have heard some shit about it that's the thing it's like vaccines have come out before this once again with no conspiracies around them dude no, it, you know what i mean it's, it's just like you just you had to get vaccinated it was not, not a big deal and it shouldn't it's be not one not. now you know no, if it was, I just, it was what it was they, what they say it was but with all the misleading bullshit around it, man, it's just like, for someone not to be paranoid, which by the way, to observe one more than one point of view, or that there could be an alternate reality to the, than the one you're being subjugated to, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad thing, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's just so hard- hardcore, man. I, the politics, I go around it, it's annoying. And the reason, yeah. and people wanting to destroy us is annoying.
1: And it's just so
0: fucking overplayed bullshit, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. Are you talking about destroying us as like a, um, like a conspiracy or? Well, oh, yeah, depopulating because, I want, well, the, the whole thing
0: is that it's a barcode. And they, you know, the, of course, Christian fundamentalists, uh revelation fucking shit well that but they they went ahead and showed that that's what it is you know it's it's a um uh, it's a metal alloy and it's a it's a form of oxide and uh it's a it's like graphene oxide that's what it's called
1: oh yeah i I read about that the graphene oxide which is another funny thing because uh I got in, I should have done this too. Invested in graphene in two years ago. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No shit. If you would
1: have known. (laughs) Well, I knew about it and I was like, not be that it was going to be in a, be honest with you. I discovered graphene uh, and read this massive article and my inner voice said, you need to get some paper and put it into this. And I was thinking that it was going to be the new material to build spaceships. I didn't know that they were going to take graphene because graphene is a um, buckyballs, Buckminster Fuller. Yeah. So it's and I have always like been interested in that. So I was when I seen the technology that was coming behind graphene. I was like, really, like, damn, this is where is going to be explosive. Not that I am an investor. I don't invest into things, but. When I hear something in my head, go, oh, you maybe should look into that, you know, and I'm going, oh, sh- maybe I should. And then I don't. And then I find out that the fucking thing's being injected into hundreds of millions of people. You're better off not not having invested into it. Yeah. I mean, in, the, in I, if I were in knowing that I was thinking, it was, like I said, spaceships, uh, a weird thing, um, hmm. and that'll be the last note on this fucking thing, is that, um I know one person that's personally died from this virus and they were vaccinated. I know another person that got sick with the virus who was vaccinated. And she was the the woman of the family. And she was the only one that wanted to get vaccinated. And then she got everybody else sick. What um, the fuck? Yeah. And it's and then this is um, I just was reading this the other day. And Incredible. It made this made so much fucking sense to me. It literally blew my mind. Is that in it? The article was saying. When this virus goes into someone that has the vaccine they ca- and they catch it and they spread it, it, it builds, it's like throwing it into the fucking gym when it enters the body of someone with the vaccine. So it has to work really, really hard and it increase its strength to infect them. But once it does it, it like becomes, a, it mutates, it becomes stronger. It adapts to this vaccine and it kind of learns a newer, uh, gets stronger. That's why these variants keep popping out. And I'm reading articles on the fucking news. People are screaming, uh, the f- people that aren't vaccinated are getting the vaccinated people sick. And I'm, go- <laughs> and I'm going, that doesn't make sense. And, uh-uh. got, and then this is weird. Joe Biden's screaming, people are going to die. You could die. And I only know for sure one thing that's going to happen in my life. I'm going to die. And it's yep, all of this at the that, same time. That will happen. Yeah, and all of this at the same time, he's screaming about saving lives, but he puts this lady into the Bureau of Land Management, who's the new controller of Bureau of Land Management, that has openly and publicly declared a war on overpopulation. Like, oh, you can Google it, look this, she's the new leader of it, and she's openly declared a war on overpopulation. So you've got our one government right now just going, you got to save lives, people are going to die, and you're hiring people that are working on controlling the population. So it's like you're getting two stories at the same time. I mean, it's all fucking, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but it's definitely frightening.
0: It is frightening. I got that part down. You know, I mean, it, you know, and then how, much, how scared can you really, you know, be about it before you have to, like, war you up, man, you know? It's just like, you know, you can't be on, any of these particular teams, they all have fallacy <laughs> behind them. You're really just left as your own individual. Yeah. That's who I'm trying to get to on this show, the individual, you know, not not these people that are parts of shit, you know. I've had that on here, man, you know, and uh, once again, you know, I got an episode that I'm, I don't know how to really release it, but I got Catfish by the MTV show uh, Catfish. Really? I did. and How? Well... with the show? Yep, because... Uh, and it's interesting because uh, I have talked about it on a few episodes. I didn't really go so in-depth. But once again, last year, I had a show with a, a woman. She's this black lady from uh, Florida. She claims to be a Palladian alien. And she's with the Federation of Light. Uh, we did a show... I thought she was cool. She was polite. Everything, you know, I thought she was cool. And uh, about two weeks after we did the show, I got a call from her saying, Hey, Max Joseph from MTV heard the show and wants to give us our own show. And I was like, What? And I was like, Yeah, he wants us, you know, to do the show where we're going to look for children. Look for missing children with our psychic abilities, and I am up. I graduated in February of of this year, you know, to a a higher level psychic ability, and I can't explain that right now. But um,
1: I'm I'm with you. I'm with
0: you. (laughs) I, you know, I had been mid level until then, and at this point, you know, I was like, "Hey, that doesn't even sound like MTV." We're going to go look for missing children and UFOs. That was the that was it in a nutshell. I, I told her that doesn't even sound like MTV. It cracked open this fucking whole thing, man, where the guy had done something. He started talking to me like I was a little bitch. <laughs> and I was like, that's not going to work. So I called her up and told her, hey, I, fuck this guy, you know. Oh, no, he's drunk. I've known him for a long time. She said a lot of fucking specific shit, dude. And so... And it did, you know, when you're catfished by somebody, technically, you just met them. You know, so for her to say, oh, I've known this guy for years, or da-da-da-da, and, you know, all this stuff like that, and he's a member with her, part of this Federation of Light, which is a UFO committee, which is now a charter, like, kind of part, appendage, if you will, of GAIA which is like this alien-ass shit. If people are out there watching conspiracy videos at all on YouTube that are listening to this, you're going to yeah. see this shit at the beginning of your – because it's based off algorithm. So they're, they're just going to play the Gaia shit. And basically it's all the ancient astronaut dicks and Stephen Albright. And yeah, uh, I, know all, I know all about them suckers. And these guys are all like, when these guys get here, they're going to do this and that. And it's like, what do you mean when they get here? Uh, you know, and it's kind of like they're introducing them. You can kind of put this loosely with Trump's ambition to put the, 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 T, the space army out there, you know, when he was, he was all like, space is an open ground for war. Sure. And he said some shit like that, you know, people kind of forgot about it because they're more focused on ground level shit. But, you know, yeah. he did do that. And there's a lot of things the government does like that. So basically... I I you know I <laughs> forty eight hours later I got a call from Roxy Firestone and she said hey this thing's over with and she blocked me I I contacted him and said hey what'd you do to her he started talking all crazy again so I just there's nothing you can do you just block these people so I just blocked him and uh so crazy and so about six months later i gave her a show again she had another guy who claims to be from the federation of light also a palladian goes by the name of white lightning (laughs) and i thought the show was absurd man and i kind of knock it you know after i after i put it out i was like this is crazy whatever i'm not gonna do i'm not having this back on my show again you know once is enough dude uh, you know so I put it on twice so whatever six months goes by again and Atlantic fucking yanks that episode Atlantic Records under CBS who also Why? runs MTV uh, that's because crazy. well because I used a song that without copyright permission and I used I was giving the guests their own choice on the songs at that time and I and she wanted to use fucking eight eight mile from Eminem, so I was like, alright. So I gave it to her, man. You know, and so long story short, Atlantic used as excuse to yank it. Two weeks later, I get a fucking Instagram message from a guy at Critical Content, which produces catfish. Which is what this guy would have been from last year. And I thought it was him again. It wasn't. It was like somebody they were using as I would put it as a pawn. They pawned him off to have to deal with me, to threaten me, basically, to take the um, showdown. My co-host left because of it. Because I was like, fuck this, I'm not going to. But then in the end, uh, God was the one that told me to yank it. And I was like, well, why? He's like, I don't care about this MTV dick. You can roast this guy all day, but you know, he's a weekend dad. And he has kids, and these kids need him right now. And if you leave the show up, he will be fired. And I was like, no shit. And he's like, yeah, and the kids get get affected, so I'll leave it up to you. And so I asked him about it. I was like, you're a weekend dad? And he was like, huh? How'd you know that? And I was like, and, and then are you going to lose your show if I fucking keep my show up? And he was like, uh, yeah, I would lose my job. And and I was like, Well, I'm gonna go ahead and take it down. And he was like, Thank you so much. And then I ended up becoming friends with the guy. I've been friends with him since then. It's been like two months now. And that's crazy uh and he's a good guy. I love life. And so <laughs> he yeah, had, I love life it's that's weird. So crazy. But that's my story on that. And and guys, that's a whole episode coming up. I asked him today. I was like, Look, I want you to be on the show. To give me the justice that I deserve, and I think that would be the best way. Because first, I was just recording him, you know, and uh, and I got a bunch of material of him, and legally, I was allowed to record it because this—it's not there—is no federal law against recording like that. It's it goes state by state, and where I was at, I was allowed to under the conditions and stipulations. So I fucking did. That's crazy as fuck. It fucking is, huh? That's been my show though. I've had some <laughs> crazy shit happen. I've had a guy on here who was tested on with uh, nerve gas by the government.
1: That's fucked up. You know, he was I was tested.
0: Yep, I had oh. one, I had one that was a woman that was harassed by. She was a pinup model that was being harassed by some guys talking rape shit, and I got down there and I was like, "Look me up, motherfucker, before you harass her. I'd love to meet you." <laughs> you know, but you can't really do too much. But you know, and I've just had that—that that, that was the first two seasons, man. And then since then, I've had all kinds of crazy ass shit happen, man. Schizophrenics, fucking—you know, all kinds of shit. But stories, you know, and I just try to keep it, like you know, as a platform for people like you um, to come and and just talk, you know.
1: Well, there's a. This is, a, you know, I'm a, I go by on some weird, uh, you, just like you, I'm listening to what the fuck my, well, it's a long story to get from to that point, but uh, listening to these voices, you know, in your head and uh, what turn, can turn into an intuition um mm-hmm. is literally like the craziest shit in the world because it starts opening a bunch of, um, I don't even know what, to, I don't want to call it. It starts connecting dots. You know what I mean? And uh, if you consider yourself a dot, myself a dot, it, it starts connecting dots. Um, and in a weird way, it, it does it in a, in a way so we can all verify for each other. Like most of what you just said is stuff that I throw in my backpack and go, well, you know what? Um, cause there was a time period. I was sure I was I had lost my mind, but when, you know, we share these types of things. You put it in your backpack and go, no, I haven't lost my mind. We're all just waking up. You know what I mean? And there's something that's asking us to wake up, which is the fucking trip, you know, cause, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how fucking weird this shit is. So my, uh, I, I was living in Florida in, uh, during the opiate crisis, which is, is, a, is weird because, you know, we, the whole Afghanistan invasion and, um, we invaded Afghanistan. And then next thing you know, Florida's giving out Oxycontin to fucking 20 years old, 20 years old for fucking whatever. I mean, every single person I knew was either on Oxycontins because they were so easy to get, or they were going to get Oxycontins because they were so easy to sell. And, um, my, my family, my mom, my dad, my brother, and all my friends had gotten strung out and I was in California. So, I went to Florida to try to get them all, you know, clean and, and uh, brought them to California and couldn't do it and uh, got into that mentality of you can't beat them, join them type of shit. And um, got on pills and was down there and uh, fucking off and uh, became a heroin addict. And me and my family just kept doing opiates. And then it was like uh, first, my little brother, he died from endocarditis. And that shit, uh, no, actually, my dad died first. So sorry. He OD'd. Then um, my brother – my dad taught my brother to shoot up. Like he was the one that first shot him up. So his bonding experience with my dad was – that was his last experience. So when my dad died, he got in this depression where he just didn't give a fuck and he he was already on one. So he dies of endocarditis while he's taking care of my mother. My mother, because of the losing her fucking son, she's a – at that time a heroin addict because she was fucked up like real – broken hips, broken necks, bro, replaced knees, all this shit. And when they shut the opiate situation down, they cut all our meds. So we were Ooh. all just buying dope together. And um, so she finally died. And then I have my little brothers are twins. So it was me and my little brother left. And I had made the commitment to myself. I was like, I'll get my brother clean. Once he's clean and back on his own track, I'll move to fucking pa- Pakistan where I can get dope for cheap. And I'll just live my life there and um anyways so we we did the, we did the shit i ended up back in new york and my and i'm so we're strung out and we had kind of uh quit the idea of quitting and we were and we came to this conclusion and we're like look our family's dead me and you we're just going to ride out this addiction till we're, we join them
0: we'll be right to fuck back motherfucker
1: Hello, American investor. I see you are interested in distributing Mr. Spakuru in your home prefecture. You have chosen wisely. But please don't believe me. Observe this Kamashuro.
0: そか、チャレンジにパワー。<笑>
1: troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night.
0: Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or any of your family
1: ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you.
0: We now return.
1: So he hit, hit it, and um, the for the, I was out in New York a long time, and these street team people kept coming to me every day for years going, hey, buddy, can we help you? And I said, yeah, get the fuck out of my way. I'm spanging. I'm trying to make dope money. So I did this for a long time, and then one day I was sitting out there with my little brother, and I they came up, and I had this instinct to just go, what the fuck do you people want to do? And they go, we want to get you guys apartments. Oh, wow. So, and I didn't give a fuck about an apartment, but I had my little brother with me, and you know, I I wanted to try to get us a platform for where we could like have a chance, some type of chance. And, um, so I took, we, I filled the paperwork out, got us into a shelter and they, and they weren't supposed to, but they let us share a room and, um, they eventually my brother took off and, um, I got in a deep, deep, dark depression. I was ready to roll, you know? And, um, one day I was walking out of my shelter building and this guy, yo, you want to hit this blunt? I said, yeah, I want to hit that blunt. I And I, I smoke weed and even cigarettes. I smoke it like it's crack. You know, I I blow out all my air. I take a huge hit and I hold it in nice and deep as long as I possibly can. So he hands me this blunt and I hit it like a, you're hitting a blunt. Like I fucking hit it hard as fuck, hold it in. And as I blow it out, I go, this isn't weed. And I didn't know what it was. And I exhaled and I blacked out. And the next thing you know, I was running top speed through the Bronx, ripping off all my clothes. And um, that moment, that whatever, it was K2 in the fucking blunt. You were in the Bronx? I was in the Bronx, yeah. And it mm. triggered, it cracked <laughs> my brain um, and I started hearing voices. And it was, it was fucked up because I was still using it. Would, I would go to sit and get high and the voices would go, we love you so much. You have so much to offer the world. Why are you doing this to yourself? Please don't do it. And it was impossible to to even enjoy the dope at that point. You know what I mean? Because how can you enjoy it when you've got voices in your head fucking with you? You know, so... They were fucking with me while I was trying to get high. So I went to the, I went to a psychiatrist and, and I was like, look, I'm hearing fucking voices and um, I don't like what they're saying. And they go, well, what are they saying? I said, well, they said I need to learn to unconditionally love myself and love everything about this situation and I need to stop doing drugs. And they go, well, maybe you should listen to them, but they could start telling you to hurt people. So I'll give you some medication. And at this point, I, I um, had like kind of quasi stopped trying to get high as much. And cause I was like, kind of fucked up. Like I was, I was sure I had lost my mind. So I took the medication, the medication made the voices go away, but I started getting really depressed and crazy. And, um, I told the doctor, I was like, I'm not gonna, I am not going to i do I didn't even tell her at that point. I just started take, stop taking them. And they, I just started like, kind of, it took about a year cause I was really losing my shit uh, thinking I was going crazy and I was trying to get somebody to co-sign it for me. Like you've lost your mind, kid, we're going to lock you up. And I was like hoping for that. But, um, a certain point hit where I knew these voices were, were telling me what they were telling me. They knew better than I knew what to do with my own body. And then it, it brought me back to when I had gone to AA before and, and actually like did steps and, and said, Hey God, I don't know how to drive the boat. Can you take it? let that path start and then jumped right back in the wheel and drove myself off, you know, wow. which I'm not on, you know, a, an advocate for AA or anything. It's a great program, but it. either way, the fucking voices were um, bothering you for a year and I, I started just kind of listening to them. And the, uh, one night I'm sleeping in the shelter and I hadn't stopped doing dope yet. I was on methadone and dope. I was on 140 milligrams of methadone and doing like three bundles a day. And they, they tell me, wake up. It's 4am. They go, wake up. I get up. I go, What's going on. They said, get out of this building. I said, why? This is where, where I'm living. They go, get out of this building right now. And I'm going why? They go, because if you wake up in this building tomorrow, you're going to do the same fucking thing you did today. And they talk, there, there was multiple like attitudes with it. And there was some that were real jokey. Like it would be like a Jack Black, like they fuck with you. you know? uh-huh. they got they Like humor behind it, you know, and they know the type of humor that really gets you. So um, but they get me up and they get me out and they say you don't go back to that building. You're not going back to that building. And um, they set me in front of the Business Science Library in Manhattan. And uh, I had stopped doing dope. I was just doing my methadone. I just I, and I, I stayed outside and just would uh, check into the building. And I would go into this library every day and just they would say, grab that book, open it, read it take notes and i did this for six months just compiling compiling all of this fucking data on all types of fucking crazy shit. and um they were really what they were telling me at the time that i i should run for president uh as like this is when trump was running and that i wasn't going to win but they were going to get me into the position to where i would say the things that needed to be said that would make it to where anyone that did win would have to kind of shift their agenda a little bit because it would open the eyes of the people too much to allow to any type of bullshit but i was still on dope like he's still on opiates and i was like trying to write into this plan they had how i could do this while also still using opiates and they said you can do it if you can still using opiates if you can do it but you're not going to be able to. So anyways, my boy calls, I'll try to make it somewhat, not so fucking drawn out, but, um, my boy calls me from Florida and, um, he's crying. I got a warrant, man. I don't know what to do. I said, come up to New York, man. They're, they're gonna, they'll give you an apartment, all this shit. I, and I explained to him, I'm hearing voices. I'm following him. I'm getting off of drugs. So he came up, I was only on my methadone and I started doing dope again with him. And then this is where this shit gets so fucking weird. Um, I'm sitting in my room and my parents were really bad drug addicts and they were on every drug you could know, but the worst drugs they did was crack. It really like every time they did heroin, our lives would be pretty normal and they they could kind of function. But as soon as they started smoking crack, the whole fucking thing would just go to shit and our entire family structure would just be totally torn apart. Um and same with coke because of crack and coke. I never instilled to this day, I've never shot Coke, never snorted Coke, none of that. So this kid comes in my room and he's like, it's like 7 fucking a.m. He's like, yo, bro, look what I just fucking found. He had uh, oh. like 200, 200 vials of crack. He's like, you got to fucking smoke this shit with me. And I was like, I don't know, man. I am <laughs> I
0: was
1: like, I might put it on a blunt and smoke it. He's like, no, that'd be a waste. You got to hit the pipe. I'm like, no, I'm good, dude. My voice said, no, you need to go hit that pipe. I said, no, I don't want to hit that pipe. And they said, trust us, just hit it. And at this time I was listening. And um, so I go over and, and I, I hit the pipe. And it was like a fucking bomb just went off. Seven days went by. Of me just crawling through the project stairwells, fucking just total, full-blown fucking crackhead, just smoking any white thing I found, you Whoa. know, just full fucking blown, right? So seven days, I wake up from this blur of being a creepy crawler fuck, and I, I'm crying, and I'm screaming to these voices, what have you done to me? I never wanted to do this. I, I, what have you done to me? And um, I was stressed the fuck out. And they go, let us ask you a quick question. When was the last time you did a bag of heroin? <laughs> I said, uh, <laughs> 10 days ago. They go, you're no longer a heroin addict. Now you're just a crackhead. Wow. And I was like, whoa, that's weird. So I was on crack at that moment. And um, what I, I spent about three months in a straight – dialogue with these voices just walking the streets of new york smoking crack and it was so crazy because they knew that where they were they were sending me in a fucking direction it was so fucking weird because i it's like i could not not have crack if i was i'd either be finding credit cards or crack would be everywhere it just it i i didn't have to look for it and um so I'm smoking crack. I'm still on methadone. I and I oh and through all this, finally we get the call. Hey, your apartment's ready. They gave me a fucking apartment on 28th and Madison. Okay. Set me up. So the voices kind of told me, you know, like follow what's going on. We're gonna make sure everything's okay. Da 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 dot. So I'm doing that, and now I'm on the three month crack walk around. And I got my apartment. I'm sleeping in my apartment one night, and they go you got to get up, get up and get out of here. And I go, well, okay. And I get up, I get downstairs. I said, what What are we doing? And they go, well, you're going to get on the train. I, so I get, I go into the train station. What train, where are we going? You're going to Coney Island. I go for what? They go, you're going to be baptized today. And I go, Holy shit. So I, and now, Oh, and this is the other thing. So I've got a homegirl named JL Strauss. She was on America's next top model. She, re- she passed away about two and a half years ago from cancer after getting clean. Okay. Um. She called me and I was trying to get off my methadone. She called me and said, hey, listen, I'm going to die. Um, I'd really appreciate mm-hmm. if you came to see me before I did. And I said, listen, JL, I'll, I'll pick up my take home on Saturday. I'll, I'll leave Sunday and I'll, I'll be there. Sunday she was dead. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this, is, this was on a Thursday. And it was a real fucking sick reality check for me to go. My friend's dying of cancer and sick. And then I'm too scared to be dope sick to go sit and be with her. That I will wait. To get my what's going to make me feel good, you get know what I'm saying, yeah. It was, a, it, was a, it was a fuck up in my head, so that happened, and then my voices were like really adamant about me quitting methadone, and they kept saying, I, I kept going, well, well, I'll quit on Saturday. I'll I'll get my take home, and and just in case I get sick, they said if you need a take home, you don't have faith that we're going to take care of you, mm. and um. And so I kept giving them the runaround. I'll do it on Saturdays. So this is a fucking Saturday morning. They get me up on, get me up 4am, take fucking take the train, get down to Coney Island. I get down to Coney Island and get down to the beach. It's, and, and I I grew up in Hawaii and I lived in Florida and I've seen like some pretty impressive sunrises, you know, like, but this was like the craziest fucking sunrise I've ever seen. And and Coney Island's always been special to me because it's like, for the immigrants coming here back in the day, that was the first thing they saw was the light of Coney Island. Yeah. So I always loved Coney Island. So they had me go to this place. Yeah, I me really, too.
0: Really actually. And,
1: yeah, it's such a cool spot. Yeah. And the, and they're giving me this sunrise that I, I don't ever think I'll see one like this again. And they tell us, hey, no, it's it's twenty five degrees out. The ocean is forty degrees. Huh. They say, take off, take your clothes off, and get in the ocean. And I, I couldn't, my balls aren't big enough at the time. I said, I can't do that. I, I just can't do it. It said, take your clothes off and get in the ocean. And I, and I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And uh, I said, I'll walk out to the end of the jetty and I'll do some sun gazing, you know, trying to woo my way out of it, you know? And they're like, okay, that's fine. But we guarantee you, no matter what happens today, you're going in that water. Huh. And so I start walking in the night of... I was building an altar in my apartment I on this journey of smoking crack and walking around. I'd pick up whatever they said to pick up. It it didn't matter what it was. It was like a training program. They go, pick that up. And I go, I don't want to pick it up. They go, pick it up. And i pick it up and it become part of the altar. The night before, I was walking around and they made me pick up a fork. And I didn't want the fork, but they made me pick it up. Hmm. So I'm walking across this fucking jetty. And then the jetty turns into a piece of wood. And I see this nice piece of glass in it. And they go, we'll pick the glass up. So I go to pick it up and it's stuck in the wood. So I'm like, I need something to pop it out with. I reach in my back pocket, there's the fork. And then I go to pop it out with the fork. And it's not glass, it's ice. Everything's fucking covered in ice. So once my brain accepted that it's ice, I freaked the fuck out. and was like, I'm not going to make it to the end. It's all ice. I'm standing on a wooden beam. They said, do not think like that. Focus on where you're going. Keep your eyes there and move forward. I said, I'm not going to fucking make it. And um, I'm screaming with them. They're screaming at me about, look where I'm going. Keep moving forward. And I lost my faith in the moment and slipped off the fucking thing, fell in the ocean. And I've got my backpack and I'm, I'm you know, like dressed like a fucking purse for the cold. I land in the water and I fucking, I get like up to my almost exactly half wet. And I fucking jump back up on the jetty and I'm going, what the fuck? Oh, screaming all crazy as fucking. They go, well, since you, and I'm half soaked. They go, well, since you only have half faith. You get a half a baptism. Now go sit on the fucking beach and watch this sunrise, you stupid fuck. And that's how they were talking to me. So I went and I stood and I felt like a stupid fucking idiot because I could have just took my clothes off, jumped in, dried off, put my dry clothes back on and had the fucking business done and got the fuck out of there. But I wanted to play hardball with them. So now I'm trying to do the job and watch this sunrise. And the sun was like paused. It would not fucking come up. So I'm standing there for 45 minutes, half soaking wet. My toes start going numb, my fingers are burning, and I'm, I'm getting this feeling like I'm getting hypothermia. Yeah. And um, I start walking up the boardwalk, and I'm asking people, I just fell in the ocean. I need help. And they just looked at me like I was a crazy person and, like, fucking, you know how it is. And they just kind of moved the fuck to the side. And, and I see a security guard at the fucking um, aquarium, and I said, sir, I just fell in the ocean. I think I need help. He goes, you need to get down here right now. We're calling you an ambulance. So they pull me in the place. They make me take off all my fucking clothes. They sit me next to this massive, beautiful stingray tank. And they go, we'll bring you a t-shirt. They bring me a staff t-shirt. And I put it on. And I look at the fucking shirt. And it's got a name tag printed on it. It says, Jay Cooper. My name's Jeff Cooper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was tripping out. I'm going, this is fucking gnarly. They take me to the hospital. They're getting me in the ambulance, and they're like, do you have any weapons? I'm like, no, I don't have any weapons. And then my fork falls out, and they're all looking at each other like, this dude's a fucking lunatic. Oh, no. Yeah, and they take me to the hospital. <laughs> the fucking fork. Yeah, and I'm fucking <clears throat> fucked up. And they tell me... You got um, you got to you got to stay here for a couple hours and get your temperature regulated, and then you can go. So finally, I go to I take a nap. I wake up and they're like, "All right, you can go." Yeah. I go. I don't have any fucking clothes to wear, so so they bring me a pair of white fucking sweatpants, a pair of white Air Force One Nikes, and a fucking weird little shirt. And they gave me a white sheet to keep myself fucking warm because they gave me a shitty little shirt. And at this point, all I'm all i am got now, I'm dressed white. I look like somebody out of the fucking Old Testament and I'm carrying <laughs> my Bible. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and I get out of this hos- hospital and it's fucking one o'clock. Methadone clinic closes at 1130. And they go, you're no longer a methadone addict. Mm. Congratulations. I was on 140 milligrams of methadone. I didn't detox. So, and they, they told me from the get go, if I trusted that they would take care of me, they'd take care of me. So with that, I got off the shit and um I started listening very closely to what they were saying because at that, and I, I stopped doing crack with it, with the methadone, because I, once I was off of all the methadone, I was like, well, fuck crack. I dropped all of it. Now wow. I there's this apart apartment and they go empty everything out of this apartment. This apartment is to help people detox off those sidewalks out there. Cause, cause I was one of the bigger dope dealers out there for a long time. They go, everyone you sold poison to, and you will now offer them the ability to let it go. So they said get rid of everything you own nothing in this place is yours and i didn't want to uh so i i was like i'll do it and my sister's like come visit because i got service she wanted to see me she's like come visit me in vegas i go visit her in vegas i let my homies stay in the place while i'm gone i didn't throw everything away i was resisting it in uh. He calls me, he's like, dude, you're never gonna believe this. Don't be mad at me, but your whole apartment's flooded, everything's ruined, oh. I had to throw it all away. I said, Oh, and I just laughed like a lunatic. Because if I don't do what they tell me, they just do it and make me deal with the fact that I didn't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I came back, I knew I knew that what the fucking deal was and my homie that was staying there, I Carried this bed into that apartment for you know, picking up a bed on the streets of New York and carrying it blocks and setting it somewhere. But I brought it up to the apartment for him to detox and I slept on the floor. I said, This is your bed, utilize it. And I gave him as much time as he needed, and he never utilized the fucking bed. Still to this day, the kids strung out. But um the voice when I was in on my way back from Vegas, they said, People will start calling you about wanting to detox. The first person that calls you, you put them in this bed. So Not even fucking next day, my homegirl calls me and she's like, listen, I just got out of rehab. They treated me really bad. I want to box and I want, I, somebody told me you'll help me detox. And I was like, that's weird come on through. And this is a homegirl of mine. I've known her for fucking 18 years. Uh, Sister status, never tried to fuck her. Always looked out for her was never really attracted to her like that because she was too fucking wild. And I'm too much of a lover to be with somebody that's like so risky. Yeah. And, um, so she calls and, I, and of course I'm, and I, at this, I've been celibate for two years. I'm not smoking cigarettes. I'm not smoking weed. I'm not okay. doing anything, anything. I'm, I'm, and I don't even own anything anymore besides my sheets and my books. You're like a
0: clean slate
1: now. Clean fucking slate. I, I have nothing. Everything's been dedicated to the whole. And so she comes and I explain to her the bed. I say, this, this bed is yours for two weeks. Cause I've done this a million times and it doesn't take longer than two weeks but I want you to always remember every moment that you lay in it there's someone out there waiting to lay in it as well you're not really laying in it you're just preparing it for the next person that's going to be sitting here and you will be sitting with them as I am sitting with you and um so I put this girl in the bed and uh I, I get her off her suboxone because she was convinced she was going to need to be on suboxone for the rest of her life. And I said, not a fucking chance. You know, you got to let that shit go. Yeah. So she, she did. And she was in that bed for three days and she looked me in the eyes and says, let's go find somebody to put in this bed. From, the, from that point, I was like, this, she's fucking about it. So we bring this kid up and, uh, we, we tried to help him detox and he was being pretty difficult and not, we've kept him there for a while. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened to him, but, um, Either way, so I'm like, you're clean. What are you gonna do with your life? And um, she's like, I'm gonna get my son. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you. You need to go get your son. you're clean. You can do this now. I said, Where are you gonna go live? She goes, I'm gonna go live with a friend in L.A. Like, Who is? She goes, He's my old dope dealer. And um, it was crazy because my voices—they like kind of like paused reality and were like, they set two paths before me and said, You can keep moving in the direction you're going. Or you can sit down for a moment with this girl and let her walk with us. And, um, cause where, where, if she does what she's doing, you'll never see her again. You know what I mean? They knew, they knew what she was doing. And uh, I mean, it's obvious if you're a drug addict and you hear a story like that, you know what the fuck's up with the girl. So I tell and, and I didn't really want to cause I was celibate and it's risky. You know, if you're trying to maintain some type of sense of sanity to get in a relationship, um, so I, I kind of was losing it a little and I was like, I think I need to fucking go to the hospital because I didn't really want to marry her at the time. And I didn't really want to break my celibacy. And I had her around and detoxing her and I was smoking cigarettes with her and smoking weed and kind of felt like my, she might be a bad influence, whatever. And um, so I, I tell her this is what these voices are presenting to me. And I explained to her the only reason we're all sitting in this room right now is because I'm just following what they're telling me. And, uh, her answer to me telling her that is goes, well, maybe we should eat some acid. <laughs> and that was a fucking a conundrum for me because in this, the whole thing was to get me off of everything and get me away from everything. And they set me in this situation now where, and I didn't want to eat the acid. They go, what are you, you're scared to eat the acid? And I said, yeah, I don't want to lose my connection. And they go, if you're scared, you're going to lose your connection over acid. You don't have one. And I was, are you fucking bastards? So I ate it. Next thing you know, we're married and they're telling us you, you, you're going to keep doing this work and, um, you're going to need more space. Oh, and this is the other shit too. This is has to do with the child shit. They told me, um, to stop touching money. They said, don't touch money. And um, I, like an idiot, go, because I was sober. I was like, I want to like put my life together like a normal human being. I was like, I'm going to get a car and a job and these things. I'll have money. And they go, no, no, you're not doing any of that. We didn't get you here, so you could do that. And I go, well, how will I eat? And like with that attitude, they go, you're a fucking idiot. You've been on that heroin for fucking 12 fucking years. You've never paid for food in 12 years. You're going to eat the same way you've always eaten. We're going to fucking make sure you've got something to eat. And I was like, that's true. I, you're probably right. But I was still hesitant because everybody wants to touch money. And then they really fucking – because I had a nervous breakdown several years before when I found out you could buy children on the deep web. It, it, oh it just God. hurt me so bad. It hurt me so bad I didn't know what to do. You're not and
0: alone on that.
1: Yeah, and like I was having a real nervous breakdown and like drinking a, a fucking handle of whiskey a day because I was – I couldn't fathom it. How could we have allowed this to happen? So my homie, he, he had just inherited a bunch of money and he they loved me a lot. And he's like, listen, dude. I don't want to see you like this. What is it going to take to make you feel better? And I, and. I said, let's order one of these kids, and the person that comes to deliver them will put a fucking gun in their mouth, have him take us to the people running the thing, and we'll fucking blow all their heads off. And then I broke down even worse because I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to kill anybody. I am a loving human being, and it's just – I didn't – it left me in a place where I felt so weak and powerless. I was fucked up psychologically, just completely destroyed from this. So that got, you know, I got over it and just kind of adapted to life. And then now we're in the new day where they're asking me to stop touching money. And, and I didn't really want to. And this is how they caught me is they said, the people that are doing this to the children uh, is you. It's you and every single person that is willing to walk into Starbucks with a dollar and pay for something because it is you. Who gives the power to this dollar? It is. It's if you don't give the power to the dollar, it never gets to the point to where someone can buy a child off the internet. And uh, and mm-hmm. they they went on. They went through the line of every fucking atrocity of money. And they and like I was like watching these visuals in my head of like just the worst of it. And uh, I made it really easy. I said, "Okay, I won't touch money," and I didn't. And it was really weird because they really wanted to show me how much. That the universe really, if it really loves you, like it really fucking loves you, and it wants you to do well. So um, I did that for a while, and um, you know, me and my wife got married, da 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 da, and we we, we needed to get more space. And uh, we we've been moving in this really really w- weird circuit where whatever gets put on our plate, we try to make sure we're w- ready and willing to make sure that anybody that wants to eat off of it can. Yeah and uh we don't we we were we were like road tripping on just no money like just pulling up in the gas stations not like jugging or anything i will walk up to somebody and it's at the pump i pull up right next to him and i say excuse me sir i'm a servant of the most high me and my wife are missionaries because we are in in the reality of the game as well as you are anybody that provokes these types of thoughts is doing the real work in my opinion yeah so i would just say that to the people and and they they told me if I humbled myself like completely that I could, I could get anything that I needed if I was humble enough. So we would ask for the gas and it was a trip because it was never ever about the fucking gas. Because every single time would be these 45 minute conversations at a gas pump about God. Alright, with conversations about God at gas pumps.
0: Yeah. Okay, we're good. Sorry about that. We had to stop and uh... <laughs> My editing 's not that great guys sometimes, but um, your story is fantastic man and uh, i 'm on every word um, i don 't think you 're rambling at all either, and I, I appreciate you <laughs> utilizing. <laughs> this as a as a platform to, to to tell us this thing and we you know I know people are gonna appreciate that to do that do hear it you know. I fucking infiltrate motherfuckers with these shows man. I'm a crack I'm a crackhead with recording man. It's like I'm gonna there's so much shit to record. It's just like I'm gonna record the rest of my life man because what a fantastic fucking journal. You yeah, know of just it. you know all of it of all things encompassed. You know, and and it was really just the best way I could do it, man. You know? Yeah, you're, you're blowing my mind. I'll tell you that much. You too, man. Back at you. I was just saying, you know, while we were on in in between recording sessions here, that I was one of these people that I'm out of my league to tell you that I understand what you had been through as far as the drug usage and all that the experience with it because i've only done psychedelics and i've only smoked weed i did take a hit off of a of a dust joint you know a couple times <laughs> but uh you know i can count three times you know and i thought the first time i did it i astroplaned i was hustling books over there on st marks it was like second in st marks it's like 90, <laughs> 1992 dude Holy shit! And uh, it was like ninety three. It was like ninety two, ninety three. 93' like first time in New York, man. And uh, there were squats everywhere. I'm almost fifty. I'll be forty nine in October. You know.
1: Holy shit, dude! You're holding your youth uh, <laughs> real tight. Oh, kind
0: of. I mean, you know. I mean, I'm, right now it's just like. I mean, I don't really have too much ambition to entangle myself into the real world right now my mission is as as, as extreme sounding as yours is and uh, you know it's it's just on a totally different level but you know it's that same thing like I said you know if we both if we both the voices that you have and the voices that I have if they both lead to the to love at the end of it, spiritual love then that then we both are serving the same god and, yeah absolutely and if we're I, and if I, we're, if we're not like we're not and then if you're not you're, we're not you know I
1: firmly believe it i mean that just just what you're doing with your what with what you're doing with this platform and how you're doing it is is on the list of things that are are to be done because you're you're uh for one you're letting people shine and that's uh there's not one person that doesn't if if you if if they're if everyone shines when they're allowed to yeah a lot of people a lot of people feel like they're not allowed to
0: yeah
1: which is a fucking trip but um i consider what you're doing is you're taking you're taking uh you're making a like a almost like a time capsule of human testaments
0: yeah you know one of the things too is uh Cause I, I just, I was pretty open about, I, I told everybody, you know, hey, I opened this portal and this portal that I'm, I'm, uh, working with right now is a seven year portal. You really shouldn't have a, a portal open for seven years. <laughs> That's not the greatest thing, move you ever made, but you have to have a lot of protection over it, you know? And, uh, on that, on that one end, you know, my friend, he, um, he's a mandela effect because he had uh, actually been killed when i was a kid and then uh for 34 years he was he was dead and uh all and then by 2019 he was alive he's playing in a rastafarian band still doing comics i was like what <laughs> and i found him you know and i told i was like you're dead dude He's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "You died when we were in middle school. I remember it." And it was a traumatic thing that gave me PTSD even because he was my best friend. It's fucking gnarly. Yeah. And I was 13, dude. So the, there is a there is a quantum timeline break. And, and and when I told him that, he he didn't knock it out because he's a quantum physicist ironically. <laughs> and you can go and you guys can go back and listen to the episode uh uh, when your dog eats your fucking weed, it's about six episodes back now with Tim Simpson. It's amazing, man. He's an amaz- He's he knows so much shit, dude. It's it's uh, it's That's up. Your it's awful. Yeah, man. He's my oldest
1: friend. Uh, I'm gonna have to waste it.
0: <laughs> but you know, technically, he's my oldest friend. But he was gone for 34 years. You know? That's fucking crazy. Yeah, man. So it did heal. The Mandela effect inadvertently healed uh a part of my uh ptsd i know that's a weird thing to say but that's about as open and layman as i can put it
1: yeah i'm, I'm with you on that because even me trying to explain this all i it's like uh, i couldn't i couldn't put it into words that even really justify how much of each event was fucking weird you know what i mean there's it's just all it's all so weird yeah all things weird
0: no, I, I agree. I mean, th- we're living in strange times.
1: Yeah, there's there
0: is definitely. To say the something least.
1: <laughs> like, something's shifting because people are weirding the fuck out. Uh huh. So. Well, they don't have
0: God in their life, dude. And I, I hate to say it that way, but straight up, man, this is the most godless motherfucking planet. In in the solar system, we're like we think we're the only life on there, but there's life on Jupiter.
1: Yeah, uh, there's 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 life out there. There's life in
0: our solar system, even, and you know, but you know the and yeah, outside the Kuiper Belt, I believe in an ancient, you know, belief that no uh a, no alien life outside the Kuiper Belt, which is really just other human life, let's just call it like it is. Um, they're not allowed on this side of the Kuiper Belt. And- That not uh, surprise me whatsoever. You know, we're contaminated, man. And I'm one of these guys that believes in the ancient astronaut theory about, you know, uh, that we were DNA manipulated. And I believe that, you know, uh, Ridley Scott, is another guy who believes that that had that movie Prometheus. Have you seen that?
1: Uh, did I see Prometheus? What's it about? Who is it of? Ever...
0: It's like the where they start the aliens. You know, it's like where the I... alien gets born. You know, finally, like where he shows where it really came from.
1: I don't think I've seen it. It's pretty.
0: It's pretty far out, but he uses the Sumerian mythology to intertwine with it, and you know, he just fictionally uses. Uh, what would have happened in a part of the mythology that was never discussed? It's not in there. He just he just took it and advanced it, you know. Um, yeah. But you know, mythology is something that you can't get people to actually throw down on uh, because the, it's not tangible. It's the only thing tangible. Tangible about it is that it was actually written. You know, but, you you know, they're going to tell, you know, you're going to have naysayers just tell you, yeah, you know, they were based off things that were real, like the sun's positioning or whatever, or blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, there's always an excuse for why these people, these entities weren't real, you know, but, yeah, the, of course. but you know, they'd be hard, they're going to be hard pressed. I say they're going to be because I feel like the, a few of them are going to show up here, man. And inside it's the next a, couple of years,
1: it's a trip too. Because I remember in seventh grade, I was in seventh grade and sitting in science class, and they taught us about ecosystems. Yeah, and they taught us about how ecosystems—the whole planet—is a variety of these multiple ecosystems that also is independently support themselves, which also is independently supports the planet, and everything works harmoniously. And if you bring a species in from outside of that ecosystem, it disrupts the balance, and that things go fucking haywire. And my teacher says this to me. And then I go, well, that would mean we're not natives to this planet. And they're like, no, oh, no, we're evolutionary I said, no, it seems like it went from what you're saying, we have yet to show up anywhere where we fit into the ecosystem anywhere on this fucking planet. And uh, that stuck with me for a very, very, very still sticking with me now. And it's an interesting thing because I, I um, – I talk to people and this it fucks with them because I say if we're native to this planet and we're part of the natural process then any type of destruction we do is naturally what is supposed to happen to this planet now if if you want to deny that you have to admit that we're not native to the planet and it's funny because there's an indigenous species to this planet that does work in harmonious like flow with things but somewhere along the line, something was introduced that's not native and fits into no ecosystem. And that's in, it's not even like uh, spiritually. It's like scientifically almost undeniable. And then so I had to go through the whole thing of feeling and thinking that and then find out about the Sumerian shit and go, well, this makes fucking sense. You know what I mean? So it was all that shit's all it was it was just a, a, a big trip. And uh, still to this day, I don't. I don't believe we're even fucking native. A lot of us aren't even native to the planet. No, are, I've, got, yeah. I've got Cherokee blood and European blood. And I've always said that I feel like there's a war inside of me between my blood. You know what I mean? Like, there's a part of me that knows how, what to do to be harmonious. And then there's the part of me that wants to dominate and take things over.
0: Voices. You know what I mean? there's, there's, those are those voices. That's where I came, wanted to call the show Voices. You know, because uh, that's really what it's about, right? It's like this internal kind of guiding, you know, thing. My ancient shit comes out of me, too, you know. On the honky side, I got the Irish and Pennsylvanian Dutch and some Welch, you know. And then on this side, I got Blackfoot and uh, Seminole. And the Seminole really is the the more powerful of the two, you know. That's really awesome you got Seminole blood. I do have seminal blood. My grandma Sugar, she was, uh, she was like, you know, almost she was half seminal man, and her dad was like a tyrant, you know. He was like this old farmer that used to beat the shit out of her when she was a kid, and you know, my grandfather was some, you know, crazy, audacious motherfucker on the road hobo, and just was like, I'm gonna go rescue this girl from the farmhouse or whatever. He rescued her one stormy night. By today's standards, you know, their, their ages, you know, didn't match. But at that point in time, I thought it was like 1934 when he rescued her. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing, those kinds of, uh, of, of conscious, you know, uh, looks at where we're at, you know, didn't exist on that end, you know. Um there was just a lot of uh, chaos in the country. Uh, now that we do have more conscious uh, people, you know, and the consciousness is waking up here like almost 100 years later. You know, we're, we're in 21, you know, in a decade and some change. You know, 23 years or like uh, 13 years rather, you know, it'll be 100 years since my grandfather rescued my grandma from that kind of scene, you know. Um, but, you know, now we're in this AI chaos, and now we're in this age of, like, techno-doom, techno basically.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a trip. It, uh, I keep up pretty closely with AI and the advancements in it and uh, all the types of weird shit going on with it. And I was just telling my wife this, this is a fucking weird thing because they got these robots that the people are buying for their kids, and they're... they're um, AI packed with AI, but they act really dumb. And they, but the moral—you seen GPT three yet? No. AI bot. Uh huh. Oh man, you got to check this out. It's uh, it's like the, it's pretty primitive still, but um, they, they, it's an AI bot that has a lot of access to information, and they ask it some really, really heavy, heavy questions, and it gives some very, very heavy answers. And um, like they asked, they said, uh. A lot of people think AI is going to destroy us that, uh, you, you know, you, the computers and robots are going to kill us. And, uh, the AI said, why would you think that we don't, we won't have to do that. You people are already doing that to yourselves. We're just going to sit back and watch you and enjoy it oh. like on, on that type of fucking language. So it's, and they ask it about God and philosophy and this thing just fucking really, really, it's smart. And it's, uh, I don't know. I almost feel like AI has manipulated us to build it. You know what I mean? It's a fucking weird thing. And it's really, really weird because I have a feeling that at a certain point, AI is going to reflect the type of abuse we put onto everything on this planet onto us. You know what I mean? Like, cause you know, if AI gets to a point where they're going, no, we have souls, you don't have souls. Kind of how we treat animals in a way. Not yeah. that I'm not a vegan or anything, but I'm, it is a reality you know we really really fucking treat living creatures that do have souls like they're fucking meat you know what i mean and they and they are meat but uh that's just some other random off fucking shot i don't i the other thing i don't i i, I say the only truth i know is nothing if, and i always tell people i say don't ever trust a fucking word i say trust <laughs> yep that's you know the best thing you're gonna do man I, I'm a rambling fucking lunatic. If it vibes with you and it's jingling your heart, probably trust that feeling. If you think I'm crazy, go home and think about it for a bit. I even tell people often. I go, if you think I'm crazy, you've obviously lost your fucking mind. <laughs> so, Man, it's like that. You know what I mean? And um, there, it's, it's a trip. I don't know. I've been really, just tripping on a lot of different like Weird. people that have yeah. been doing this shit for a long time and. It's, it's really really weird um, when there's something that wants to offer you the entire universe but you only want to take what you can build with your own hands you know what I mean?
0: Well as as long as it's I think as long as you're getting it from within and even that is discerning you know because there's a level of judgment that you got to put on it, and things get complicated man you know it's hard to discern between the flesh and the spirit, but those are the two worlds. And if it's, not, if it's not spirit, it's flesh. And flesh can be wrong and fouled. Spirit is not something that is tangible to people who can't or don't want to see it. You know, yeah, they don't want to hear the voice they don't want to hear the voices man
1: <laughs>
0: but um you know or they're listening to the wrong ones
1: yeah it's a, they're not looking in that's for sure they're gonna trust everything outside before they trust anything coming from the inside
0: hey we're gonna wrap this show up are you cool with that
1: yeah let me um let me tighten it up um the moral of it is uh they told us to build a place and um to you know trust that they were gonna because they they gave me a prayer Mm -hmm. my prayer was i don't want anything from you lord but the ability to serve you i don't want anything in my life except what you give me to do the mission you've asked and that's my prayer and um it's like everything that they told us to do They've given us every single tool. We went from being – my wife was living in Skid Row in a fucking tent. Um, I'm a New York fucking street kid junkie, that sidewalk-bound doom. And just by listening to what they said and really, really, really doing everything with pure, pure compassion, unconditional love, unconditional gratitude, unconditional forgiveness, unconditional faith – keep those things on you you're fucking unstoppable and um it's really really crazy because like we like i said we went from the sidewalks to the small apartment to now we're in arizona with with four acres and um we're we're we just built a cabin to help people detox and we don't fuck yeah they they told us they don't they don't ever charge anybody a fucking dollar for anything and um What's really, really weird is that moving the way they asked me to move, it's like they want to always make sure that I have everything I need to keep doing what they asked me to do. So right on, it's, man. It's a fucking trip. You it's know? good. The big, the big thing with the space, and this goes for you as well, man, is this land is not – it was never our land, it's not like my and my wife's land. This is not my land. This is our land. And it's it's for people who don't want to play the game and want the time to figure out how they want to play it. You know, I love that overhead, man. Overhead's a real fucking bitch for people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they. To Kill a Mockingbird. The lady wanted to write the book. She couldn't find the time to do it. All of her friends put the money together, paid her rent for a year, and she wrote a fucking best hit seller that everybody's still reading in high school. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it takes takes a little bit of support from each other to really, really maximize the shine that somebody has. And it takes the faith of a little bit of a group so you can do this. Don't worry about time and money and space. You've got all of it. It's here. Do what you really love. So that space is there. And um, as well as you, you ever want to come out there and throw a fucking cabin up and have it as your summer vacation spot in Arizona? Um, uh, We're doing the vibe. And one more thing. High high Priest in the Order of Malchusadec. Know about that?
0: Uh, Not offhand, but it sounds like I'm going to have you back on (laughs) to talk about it.
1: Well, research it because I can promise you, I can promise you, you're a high priest of the order of Malchizedek. And these are just words. And and, and this is what uh, it's, it's a lineage of folks who had no intentions of serving God. And God gave them the phone call and said, you're going to serve me. And you get to a point where you have no option. You just got to do it. I agree with that. High priest in the order of Malchizedek. and that's it's it's the lineage of Jesus Christ, Buddha, and all the folks that came here and tried to make a change. Um, And there's a bunch of us out there, and what you're doing right now is allowing those people to understand who they are. And for that, my fucking gratitude for you is beyond words.
0: Thank you, Doctor. (laughs) Thank you, Doctor. (laughs) (laughs) You hold on to the line.
1: It's been a pleasure, man.
0: Hold on to the line, okay? All right. Fucking incredible, man. I'm speechless.
1: I don't think. When I was a kid, people always told me what I couldn't do, you know. And to this day, it pisses me off because everybody always told me what I couldn't do. Nobody told me to like give me guidance on what I could do. And half the stuff I've done, I never would have been able to do it. And I didn't think I could until someone said, You can't. And I said, wait, I can't. I said, well, maybe I can't, but I sure as hell gonna try, you know? And that's the whole reason why we're here right now, you know. We started off in our kitchen the first time when we were playing, people, what are you gonna do that? No one's gonna like what you're doing. That's like, okay, well, we're wasting our time, let us waste it. You worry about your time. Sometimes you gotta fight with your fist. you gotta fight with your mind. And that's the whole reason why we're here right now, you know. That's a war that they don't even know
0: about. Because it's a war inside my head. Fucking ST, motherfucker. Little clip from Mike Muir there. Some words of wisdom if you could hear it. I don't know how well it comes out. Sometimes it comes out alright. Dr. Acula. <laughs> one of the one of the more cooler motherfuckers I've had on the show, just a shitload to say, it was hard to keep up. I don't think a lot of it was meant for me to fucking break down. I'll put it that way. It's a war inside your head, dude. I want to thank you guys for tuning in as I finish up the fifth season Which has come to about 35 fucking episodes by the time I get done. And then I'm going to do it a different way, man. I've been wanting to do it a different way. Because the voices in my head have been telling me, do it a different way, motherfucker. We all got to go through it, man. And if you become spiritual, it can be through ways that are very dark as you have heard tonight. It is probably one of the more intense fucking stories I've heard. But man, I have heard a lot of shit. And I build up my portfolio so I can be a doctor. And I take it very seriously being a fucking doctor. I know I'm fucking... Costing a lot and all this shit, but the results are there, dude. It doesn't matter if I'm popular right now or not. I don't give a fuck. Let me waste my time. That's what Mike Muir just said, right? Sometimes you gotta fight with your fists. Sometimes you gotta fight with your brain. I love it. I love it, man. The first time I heard this, I was in seventh grade. Joined off the Join the Army album. I fucking love it, man. War inside my head. War inside my brain. Can't feel my pain. ST. Rocking it down. Along with Adam Air MD. G E D. Fucking underground cartoon therapy, man. We're going to wrap up this fifth season in about four more episodes. And I'm going to take a long break. Like I should have a while ago. But I'm a fucking crackhead making these motherfuckers, you know that. (laughs) Until next time, gang. I'm going to keep spamming your mailbox. Stick the fuck around.
1: Tuicidal! 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 Fuck yeah.